Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Hello and welcome to another episode of Voices of the Vic with me, Mike Duffy, Ben Aitzen and Cameron Smart. Thank you very, very much for joining us tonight. Uh, we're back again. We was obviously here on Thursday to answer your questions. We hope you managed to get around to watching that and we hope that your uh, your questions were answered and we sort of got into everything. But we're here again, a uh, bit more news. It's been a lively old week, typical Watford. We record on the Thursday, and then Thursday Eve, like, well, yeah, pretty much after we finish recording, everything starts kicking off, which we'll we'll get into. Um, but like I say, I am joined by Ben and Cam. So, Ben, firstly, how are you, mate? It's, uh, like I say, it's only Thursday I spoke to you. You uh, you all good? Yeah, all good. It's nice to be sat in the, the other the other chair, shall we say, and then you take the reins tonight. Obviously, I, I didn't get to catch the whole of the game yesterday because I was at my mate's um, son's christening. So you're taking the lead today because you've actually watched the whole game and Cam's watched it as well. So I'm looking forward to hearing what you both have to say about the, the friendly. But yeah, all good, mate. How are you? Yeah, very, very good. Um, not done much this weekend at all, really. Um, as usual, as every weekend does, it just flies by. I'm uh, I'm near the end of my training now for my 10k, which is um, on the second weekend of August. So I've dropped just over half a stone. So all going well on that side, and I'll be glad when it's done because uh, training is absolutely killing me. But we are also joined by Cam. Cam, how are you doing tonight? Good weekends. Everything all good your side? Yeah, I'm I'm over the moon actually. I just had a train journey without any delays for the that first in a long time. Yeah, so I'm I'm buzzing. <laughs> was uh was it more... wasn't there or anything no no more than one carriage this time because i know what that train from oh yeah they... like. no they they gave us about five this time they normally give us two yeah that doesn't surprise me now that i can drive and don't need to rely on trains they start putting more carriages on so <laughs> yeah Anyway, this isn't a train podcast. Just quickly, Mike, what, just, just, I'm just looking at you now at the moment in that, the new Watford shirt and your beard and that. If you brought back that top knot, I reckon you'd look a bit like Sirielta. 
no, I, I was getting confused actually yesterday for, talking about Sierra Elta between Sierra Elta and um, Wesley Hoop because Sierra yeah. Elta went in for a tackle and I thought, shit, Hoop's already been booked. He's going to get sent off in a friendly. <laughs> and then I was like, oh, no, it's all right. It's uh, it's Sierra Elta. But no, I, I can't grow the hair like I used to, Ben. Otherwise, the top might be back. No, no problem. Um, yeah, for anyone that doesn't know what Ben's on about, the uh, very young, stupid me thought it was cool to have a top knot, but it wasn't even a proper top knot like Sierra Alteraz. It was like a little pissy bit of hair that stuck up at the back. So, uh, yeah, Let, let's move swiftly on, shall we? Um, yesterday, Watford played Crystal Palace in a friendly at Crystal Palace's training ground. Uh, Copers, uh, Coppers, Cope, I think it's called. I, I might be wrong there. Crystal Palace did unfortunately run out 2-1 winners. However, and I know a lot of people say this, it isn't about the result. It's mainly about seeing the performances. The results will then follow. Um, Cam, I know you watched a lot of the game yesterday. Yes, I, we was just saying before we started recording that I know it, a lot of people seem to say it a lot, you know, going into pre-season and everything. But Genuinely, yesterday, I I think I saw a Watford team and thought, I know what we're trying to do here. Like It's been a while since I've seen a Watford team and I don't want to compare it to last season because last season was a shambles. But to, to see a sort of pattern of play, how the manager wants to play, I think it was quite clear yesterday. Do you agree? Can you see the same thing? Absolutely. First off, without the ball, you could see right away. I mean, they, they were just pressing you know, like it was an actual league game, like there was something to play for. I remember that Tottenham game under Ivic, it was similar, so I'm, I'm not getting my hopes up yet. But yeah, off the ball, they just looked possessed. They, It was like nothing we'd seen last season, particularly Martins, he had bags of energy. But with the ball, we're used to seeing this sort of, you know, the centre-backs get it and they can't stop passing it to each other very, very slowly. Mm-hmm. What we saw yesterday, they were quick. They they wanted to get it forward. They got it into midfield super quick. And, you know, I think the goal that we actually scored was a result of that. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And and Ben, I know you've not watched the, the full game. You've only seen clips here and there. Um, but, I mean, we were, like I say, we were talking before we come on air. Last season under Rob, I know Rob didn't ultimately get much, but there wasn't really a sort of, this is how we want to play. This is a new style. But it's it's promising now that we're seeing this and you, you're reading bits on Twitter about how we've played despite the result. It, dare I say, could could this work with Ishmael? I'm not going to count my chickens just yet because you know how um, Gino Posto operates the football club. But it, it's promising. Um, obviously, we've heard the reports from everyone that went to the Bournemouth game as well. I know it ended nil-nil, but there's a philosophy. That everyone knows their jobs on the pitch. They know the way that Ismail wants us to perform and the way we defend and attack together and the way we press and how intensely we press as well. And I saw it from some, some clips yesterday how... Bio was pressing from the front really intensely as well. And I know you probably want to talk about him a little bit in a, a bit, Mike, because he, he did miss the golden ch- chance in that first half and he should have done a lot better. But other than that, from what I've heard is he actually had a really good game and potentially he, he might fit this system more than what he did under Rob last year. 
Absolutely. And let, let's talk about it now, Bio. Um, Cam, obviously, like, like I say, you watch the game. For me, personally, yes, he missed that golden opportunity that a striker should have been sort of getting. You would like to think that with what we've heard about Reese Healy, he'd have absolutely, you know, taken that chance and put it in the back of the net. But other than that, I think that was probably one of the best games I've seen from Bio. And I've said it before previously on podcasts um, that I can see Bio fitting into the system that Ishmael plays. Was yesterday just further proof that it's possibly going to work with him? Yeah, I think so. I mean, off the ball, he he looked great, like the yeah. rest of the team, I think. He looks perfect for that sort of pressing system. He knew when to do it, and he, he did it to good effect, I think. I'd like him to be a bit more of a focal point. I think I'm not just talking about yesterday, but last season, he, he can be brushed off the ball a bit too easily for my liking. Yeah. But uh, there's some in there. I wouldn't want him as first choice, but we can make good use of him. I'd also like him to put that chance away next time because that was a dreadful miss. Quite, yeah. And, you know, he, he popped up with a few goals last season, which, you know... They they were they were harder to score, I'd probably say. You know, that fumble where he got on the end of Gaspar's misplaced pass shot, whatever you want to call it against Middlesbrough. Um, that was almost, well, yeah. He almost made a, a pig's ear of the goal against Norwich as well when, when we went um in midweek. Um but I, I think yesterday some of the passages of play, Bio was at the heart of them, and you can tell that if it's gonna work with a manager. You know, then I think Ishmael's the man that's going to get it out of him. And, you know, he might not be as bad a player as people are making out. So it'll be interesting to see what happens with him. Uh, another player, as you can see on our screen, we saw the return of youngster Edo Kayembe. Um, 25 years old. So that is young guys. So before everyone starts laughing at me, the Congolese king, I've nicknamed him now. Uh, that got quite a few likes, actually. You know, got quite a few. Uh, likes on on Twitter from um, people from uh, from uh, Congo, so uh, hopefully that's drumming up our listeners in uh, in the Congo uh, in yeah in Congo. Sorry, um, obviously he scored brilliant goal, capped off back heel from Martins, and uh, and there he was with his right foot to to put it past the uh, the goalkeeper Remy Matthews. Ben, we we talked about Kyembe last season. I think there was a game where he was unstoppable for the first like 45 minutes. And it's almost like he's a bit of a flash in the pan. And Cam, I know your views on him and we'll get your views in a minute. But do you maybe see him also fitting into the system? Or do you think because we've, you know, we've not seen something so far this season, there's a couple of other players we've not seen. Do you think he's just filling a void at the moment? Yeah, I don't really see him being a star. He's going to be a bit part player for me. But I do think he might flourish under Ismail. I do think that if, if he plays further forward, because before he came to Watford, he actually played further forward. He wasn't a DM. Um, mm -hmm. So he was playing a completely different role for Watford last season. And we were all moaning about it a little bit. When Kiemba gets the ball, it either goes sideways or backwards. There was no progressive passes. Um but yesterday, from what I've heard, and obviously his goal, he was much more further forward. And that's probably going to suit him um, and his style of play. So 
I, I see him maybe being a bench player. We're obviously in the market for central midfielders. Um, so we obviously want to improve the talent of the squad and we yeah. want to get better players than AKMB. But um, for a 45-year-old, he didn't do too bad. <laughs> I know. He's so unlucky. I mean, I think I, I look old for, for 28, but Jesus Christ, like his paper round must have been all uphill. Bless him. Um, Cam? Was yesterday's goal and performance enough for you to sway your opinion on him, or are you still very much he's not going to, you know, get rid or yeah, well, yeah, get rid? I I, want, I don't want to slag him off after he's done that, you know, but you're you're sort of asking me to because I I don't think he was anywhere near the level we need to be last season, but he did play, you know, he was sat deep every game, he didn't have any license to get forward. And I think, as Ben said, he played further forward at his old club that we got him from. Mm-hmm. He played, he, he was given that license to go forward yesterday. So, it, and, you know, fair play, it worked. I mean, I don't know if he's going to pull out right-footed screamers like that every week. But if he can, then by all means, you know, keep him around. If he can make that little flash of skill that he does every now and then a little bit more consistent, then I'm happy to keep him around. Yeah, and and sometimes you you need that, don't you? Coming off the bench, and we know the the championships a long old season, and sometimes you know if it's the last twenty minutes, you need something from from a midfielder or something like that. If we can put him further up, then possibly. Uh, I mean, he scored that absolute beaut of a goal against QPR at home, but I think it was ruled out for offside. By uh, a loser, yeah, it, it was. Absolutely crazy. The less said, the better. I, I do not, for one minute, I am not comparing these two, but it very much reminds me a little bit of when Kapue was put further forward and he couldn't stop scoring. But that's where the comparison stops. I am <laughs> not, for one minute, comparing Kapue with Kayembe because my head will be on many silver salvers of Watford fans if I, uh, if I continue <laughs> to do that. Um but yeah, that was the only goal for Watford. A couple of other sort of half chances. Nothing to really worry Crystal Palace. I know there was a, a double sort of save from Sam Johnston. Uh, Bio, the, the man heading from the corner. And then Porteous followed up. And it was pretty routine double save for uh, for Johnston. And, uh, and, and Martins as well having a go in the first half, which was headed out for a corner. But... A 2-1 defeat for Watford, uh, like I say at the at the top of the show, I'm not too worried about the results. Um, I think the thing that does worry me is, officially, uh, I don't think we've actually got any more friendlies pencilled in. And the season starts not next week, the week after. So I, I would be very surprised if there isn't one uh, in this coming week that's like maybe at the training ground or anything like that. Um, you know, because I think we need it. And... Mm big game on the opening day. Um, but let's talk about transfers now because, boy, oh boy, it's in true Watford fashion. It was quiet for so, so long. And a bit like the London buses, all f- like, you know, loads turn up at once after you're waiting so long. Um, we were first met with the news on, was it Thursday, that Watford had been placed in a transfer embargo? And it was the early hours of one of the mornings and it was a Nigerian football Twitter account that had broke the news. And we all woke up to it and we were like, 
oh, this isn't good. And it then transpired that there was a payment that was missed for Samuel Kalou to one of his old academies, which he hadn't played for um, for so long. And then we were waiting on, you know, more official news. Usually if there's a transfer embargo, Sky Sports, the Athletic are quick to pick it up. Um, and the Watford Observer did eventually pick it up and said that it was more of an admin error and they were looking to get it resolved pretty much straight away. Um, so that that was all good. That, you know, nothing further came of that. Um, but, you know, a lot of people were worrying, is, is this why we're not making signings? But all seems under control on that. And then to add to the absolute merry-go-round in the crazy house that is Watford FC, um, we, we learned of the news that we had been given some money from Marseille. So Papa Gay, Watford signed him, um, I think a couple of seasons ago. He agreed, everything was all signed contractually. And then he changed uh, agents during the summer. That agent then made him sign, well, that agent then got him a, a, a contract with Marseille. He signed that and Watford were ruled to be, you know, you know, they said that Watford were in the right here and the papagation of, uh, there he is for anyone watching on YouTube, uh, Papagay, you know, he was a Watford player and was wrong to sign for Marseille. Then one normal day, that's all I asked for at Watford. Like, it's it's crazy, isn't it? It is crazy, but I don't think we're going to get anything else um, under Gino Poslo and Scott Duxbury. Um, we're used to chaos now. I think when we signed um, Jake Livermore, I put a tweet out saying, welcome to the chaos, um, because it, it is. It's, it's it's so chaotic, and they keep you on your toes. They certainly do that. Um, but this, this saga in itself was ridiculous. Um, clearly joined Watford, he's old in a Watford shirt. Um, Watford actually put a tweet out on their page as well saying, welcome to Watford. Um, and then he changed his agent in the summer and signed for Marseille. And this saga's gone on for about three, four years. Um, I, I think he spent the last season on loan at a, a Spanish side. Um, but it, it, it's great to see it was all resolved now. And Watford have came out with £2.3 million pounds, um, from a sign-in that it was a free transfer, wasn't it, back then? So Watford have made money on a player that's never kicked a ball for Watford Football Club. So I think the, the Pozzo would be very pleased with the outcome. Absolutely. And, and as much stick as the Pozzos get recently, the Pozzos are very good for picking players up for next to nothing and selling them on at a higher rate. And to get £2.3 for a player that hasn't even played for us, He's, uh, he's crazy, a bit like Purvis, a stupid man. Um, Luis Suarez as well, you know, to name a few. Uh, 2.3 million smackaroonies in the back pocket. Thank you very much, Marseille. And uh, Marseille were also placed under two transfer bans, I believe. That's where that iconic Watford badge with a rat and the wording Ratford come from. The uh, the Marseille fans were, were very, very unhappy at this whole saga and... You know, everyone likes to call Watford dodgy because of the Udinese stuff. Well, you know, we, we've we've come out on top with that one. So that's that's all well and good. Um, talking to Marseille and talking to Marseille giving us money, that continues because it has broken tonight. Very, very aptly, I must say, for once, the stars have aligned in our favour because we're going to talk about now a transfer which has broken tonight before we were recording, this usually happens 
after we've um, done all the recording. We usually finish, say thanks to everyone for watching, come off this, and then we say, ah, there's some bloody transfer news. Why couldn't this have happened on air? But the news that I'm talking about is Ishmael Assar. Ishmael Assar has finally found a new club to go to. All this to-in and going, will he go, won't he go? And it's finally come to fruition now. Marseille are going to be signing him. I don't know any figures. We've been asked about figures today. There's been figures floating around, but there's there's nothing that's that's been you know solidly sort of set in stone that that is the figure. Not not even a rumored figure, as you can see there. If you're watching on YouTube, the Fabrizio Romano tweet that we've got on screen doesn't mention any any figure at all. Um, Ismail Assar's made 131 appearances for Watford scoring 34 goals and assisting 24 times. Uh, it only seems like yesterday that he scored his first goal for us against Southampton, uh, live on Sky Sports. Cam, I'll come to you first. Ishmael Assar, certainly a player that split the room in terms of opinion, um, especially over the last couple of years. Uh, I want to get your take on it. It's, firstly, are you, are you relieved that we're sort of getting rid? Because it, it was one of those where... Yes, you know, it's good to have the name on the books, I suppose. But at the end of the day, I think his time at Watford was very much coming to an end. Do you agree? Absolutely. I'm more than relieved that he's gone, to be honest. We would have been carrying him around. I mean, we saw last season, he was just playing to protect himself. You know, he wouldn't go into any 50-50s. He, he wouldn't take on a man. He didn't want to get injured, and I think we'd just be carrying another year of that <clears throat> if we did keep him around. So not only to get him gone, but to also get a good fee, which has been rumoured now as 13 million plus add-ons, Yeah, literally as we speak. Yeah, um, I've seen that, yeah. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, we get a bit of money. We can reinvest like we were crying out for on Thursday night, and... Yeah, it, it's it's a great move for us. Maybe a year too late, but it's a great move. Yeah, and, and Ben, like I said, he has split opinion. For, for me personally, before I get your view on it, I just want to say that recently it's quite obvious he hasn't played very well. Um, he's he, he hasn't looked bothered. Uh, I think is probably the right word. But for me... I still think he's been one of the better talents that I've, we've seen in a Watford shirt in recent years. When when he when he when he's on it, he's he's a player and a half, isn't he, Ben? What what's your thoughts on it all? Are, are you are you like right? He's gone now. Bad attitude out the door. Thanks, but see you later. Or are you very much like we'll miss him? Thank you for what you've done. Yes, it hasn't worked out recently, and you, you're glad we're getting a good fee for him. A mixture, really. Obviously, uh, I'm I'm sad to see him go. Only as in, he's a massive talent, and the boy has got the world at his feet. I don't think he knows how good he can be. Yeah. Um, it was unfortunate that he he got that big money move from Rennes and joined Watford in an aspect as he's joined a club that's gone through manager after manager after manager, but hasn't really fully unlocked Sars potential. They've not fully coached him. They've not played him in the best system that maybe suits his manner. So I still remember in that championship season under Ivic, I was playing him as a centre forward, partnering him up top. 
Like this, this is how silly it's it's got. And you've seen a few weeks ago he was playing for Senegal against Brazil. He was ripping it up against Brazil, and it was just like this is what he's got at his feet. Obviously, Senegal now to play him, get the best out of him. It's just it's. I'm surprised that he's got so many goals for Watford, considering how uncoached he's been, um, how many managers we've gone through, and and you've got to remember he's picked up important goals at important times. Um, we He got that first goal against Southampton, which kind of kept Kiko Sanchez-Flores in his job a little bit um, away at Southampton. And then he, he got the goal that got us promoted against Millwall. Um, he's obviously scored for two fantastic goals at home to Liverpool as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and on his day, he is his top draw. He, he is a Champions League player. And I, and I hope he fully unlocks his potential. But also, I'm with Cam, he's, he's a bit of a bad egg. He might not show it sometimes to everyone, but I, I just think he he's like, he never seems happy, does he, whenever he scores <laughs> a goal either. And I think that, that bugs fans because mm. they don't really get that connection from Saar and yeah. fans don't really give him the love that he might need and deserve as well. We're, we haven't even got a song for him. Um, he's been his four years. Watford fans haven't really got a song for him or chant for him. It's it's been a bit up in the air. Like he he, he just splits the room, doesn't he? But I I wish him all the best, and I just think it's great that we're not letting him go for a free transfer. We're actually going to get some money in, and we were discussing this Thursday nights by saying how important it is for Watford um, to actually get some money for Saw. And it's happened three four days later, and we can actually invest this money into positions that we actually need. And positions that are going to help um, Valerie Ishmael because obviously he's got that set way he wants to play. Now he can target those players for a fee. We might see Callum Styles come in now because we've actually got my money in the bank uh, and other players like that. So I'm sad to see him go, but it's it's the best for all parties. Yeah, and I, I think what you say there, you know, you you when when he was on, he he was he was a world beater. I mean, look at that game against Liverpool. He was that good that, you know, Sadio Mane at one stage was looking for apartments for him in Liverpool. They were that close to signing him. Manchester United wanted him. You know, he's been linked with some big moves. And you don't get linked with these big moves if you're a shit player. And yeah, he's not being consistent. But my God, when he's on it, he's a joy to watch. And I I get a lot of comments from mates who aren't Watford fans saying, this side is a fantastic player. Obviously, that season in the Premier League, um, that game against Liverpool, the game against Reading as well. I mean, that whole season in lockdown, the championship season, finished top scorer for us. 13 goals, I think he finished on. Um, And the game against Reading, which was key at the time, scored two absolute thunderbolts against them. Uh, And, you know, he's delivered so many joyous moments for us Watford fans. And mm. I think it is frustrating when you see him play for Senegal and rip it up. I remember in the um, in the World Cup recently, he he was playing for Senegal and you know he was absolutely tearing it up. And he was like, you know, this it, Watford fans were getting frustrated because they're like, he can do it for Senegal, but when it comes to Watford, it it, it doesn't look like he's he's that arsed. And I think you know it will sort of hamper him a bit because. As you say, he's got to. He's over the years. He's had to get used to so many different systems. You talk about Ivic uh, playing him in in that in that um, system that he did. I mean, 
no disrespect to Senegal, and I, I definitely don't want to be put under one of them spells that Nigeria put us under. <laughs> but I, I, no disrespect to them. But if Alio Cisse, who's the manager, he used to play for Birmingham City. Cam actually went to school with his daughter. I don't know yeah, if Cam remembers that. But, um, yeah, um, if he can get the best out of him, and, again, I mean this in no disrespect, then, you know, why can't all of these plethora of managers that we've got see the same and think, oh, well, Senegal play me, and he's, he's effective, so we'll do that as well. Um, and, yes, um, there was a, a Twitter thread earlier. Sam Uko put one on of all his goals, well, of his key goals and his you know, key moments. And I think someone made the point that every goal he scored, he's never looked happy. Um, but I think that's just, uh, that's just, sorry. He looks delighted with his goal. He's just scored here. Well, yeah, that's, I don't know. That must have been a Liverpool one. But yeah. an, another thing as well on Saar, just before we, 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 we wrap up on Saar, um, a lot of people seem to forget as well that, don't forget that Saar, has never once, you know, he's had all this interest from all these big clubs and he has never once tried to force a move away from the club. I'm sure he was even quoted or his agent said that he's happy to stay with us and fight to get us back in the Premier League in that lockdown season. And he's never once spat his dummy out or thrown his toys out the pram. And, you know, young lads nowadays, well, anyone in football, you know, as soon as big sums of money are involved, they, their heads turned. Look at Jordan Henderson at the moment. He's getting absolutely slated for that move over to um, Qatar. Um, surprisingly, Marco Silva's just turned down $40 million, um, I think it is, to uh, to manage over in Qatar as well, which surprises He'll me. He'll change his mind tomorrow. Well, yeah, quite. So the fact that he's being happy to stay and fight for the team, I think you, you don't find that in football nowadays very much. Um, just quickly, before we wrap up on Saar, um, just some quick fire. Cam, your favourite goal of Ishmael Asar's or favourite moment? I'm glad you're asking me this because there's one game in particular that never gets mentioned when people talk about Saar, and that's Bristol City at home under Chisco. The game Six that bell. kicked off that run. He got two goals and three assists, but the best part of that performance, 90th minute, he's thrown goal for his hat-trick yes. and he squares it to Zinkenagel to get his first goal. So, And it showed he, he's not necessarily a bad egg. He, he can be a team player. Mm-hmm. Just Yeah, that, that's a great moment of his. I think that's his best performance for us. There we go. I did not see that one coming. Ben? Um, a little left field as well. Um, Reading at home in the championship, that first half was incredible. Um, the two goals he scored, the one that he cut in on his left foot and curled it past the keeper. But the other one, he just thunderbasted it past the keeper as well. Um, he was just unstoppable that first 45 minutes. And then everyone's going to talk about the Liverpool game and we know how incredible he was for that. But to, to be a little bit different, yeah, Reading at home. I, that that would have been mine. I, I still to this day think he was absolutely superb. Don't forget as well, Ben. The first goal, the the one that was an absolute screamer, was his weaker foot as well. So that just shows the the the, the skill that the lad possesses. A couple of shouts we've had in the comments: Paul Whittenbury, West Brom away, the halfway line. What a goal that was! Um, to touch it down like that and spot button off his line and go for it, and uh, and and for it to, to come off was absolutely fantastic. Um, 
just to play devil's advocate, he did then miss from 12 yards later that game. But, um, you know, still, nonetheless, it, it, it was a, it, it was a cracking goal. Uh, Joe, who's, uh, who's one of us, he's, uh, he said United at home and De Gea made that huge error. I think that was the 2 0 around Christmas time. I think Troy Deeney scored the season. We got uh, relegated, unfortunately. Um, I think it was 2 0. One yeah. of Nigel Pearson's first home games. Um, well, we we beat Man U and Liverpool at home under Nigel Pearson. So that, remember that the game at home against Manchester United where he missed the two penalties, didn't he? And his head was obviously all over the shot, but then he went on to score and he, he went over to a crowd and he, he was like saying, I'm, I'm really sorry about what I did. But it, it, I think everyone was just delighted for him because it, it would have affected him. You could see it was affecting him, but it was a massive relief when that ball went into the back of the net and we was all like, fair play to you. He, he, didn't, he didn't down tools. He kept on trying and he got his goal. Yeah, absolutely. So... Yeah, you know, there's there's a lot of people out there that are, are sort of glad to see Sargo and glad that we're getting money for him. I think a few people were worried that his sort of time as a Watford player might fizzle out and we might get nothing for him. But 13 million, as Cam said, is a, plus Adams is a rumoured figure. Uh, and the medical is booked for tomorrow, Monday. Um, and apparently Fabrizio Romano has said that he's flying out to Germany at the moment, where uh, where Marseille are on a training camp, so best of luck to Ishma. Um, and you know, I'm sure we'll see him go on and flourish um, over in France, and hopefully, it does for him. Uh, the next player that we're going to talk about is another player that's uh, he's been at Watford for quite a while. I think this one is more of a, a landslide in terms of opinion. And uh, not in a good sense, unfortunately. He's actually, as it stands, Watford's longest-serving player at the club, uh, Christian Cabaselli. He's been rumoured to have... Well, he's jo- apparently he's rumoured to be joining Udinese on loan um, or permanently. I, I, can't, I don't know if uh, it's a loan or permanent. But Caba joined in 2016 from Ghent, not to be confused like I did with the team that we're signing, Georgie from which we'll talk about in a minute. Um, he's made 166 appearances for Watford, scoring seven and assisting three times, 16 yellow cards and two red cards. One of those two red cards will forever play in my mind. That stupid, stupid red card away at Norwich where we got our first away win in the 1920 season. Um, still to this day, don't know what he's thinking. Um, but yeah, uh, rumoured to be off to Udinese, whether that's because... We, we want him gone and there's no suitors, so we're sending to Udinese. That would be my guess. Ben, um, his time at Watford, uh, more recently, he's not been um, very well received. Are, are you surprised at this move? Not really. Um, I think I think his time's coming up. I think he's got one year left on his contract as well. Um, it's been an awful long time and it's just never really worked out for him. And if Watford are following the trend that they started this summer by getting rid of players that aren't going to be involved, aren't going to improve the team, they're going to offload them. And obviously the connection between Watford and Inders and AZ, it gives Cabaselli that option to actually play his football over in Italy. Because um, it, Look, Cabaselli's a, a fantastic gentleman off the field, isn't he? And on the field, um, he he does split opinions, but you, you can't fault the love that he's got for his football club. And he's always put that love first before anything else. And I, I just hope that he 
doesn't get too much stick when it does get announced because he doesn't deserve that kind of criticism. He's given his all for his football club, albeit he has made a lot of mistakes over his time. Look, we all make mistakes in our life. It's just unfortunate for him. His life is very high profile and everyone is quick to jump onto his back. Um, we had the pleasure of interviewing him um, a couple of seasons ago and honestly, he's one of the nicest guys you could probably meet and he's a funny guy and I just hope he gets a good reception when it is officially announced and you don't see people like Uncle Ron jumping on saying good riddance and all that. That's not going to help the cause, is it? Like, just thank him for his time, let him move on, let him get on with his life and we just, um, yeah, just get on with it. But yeah, I'm, I'm I'm not surprised at all that he is the part in it's following the trend that we've started at the start of the season. Truth is gone, cleverly's gone, Cathcart's gone, um, Cabaselli's looking to go. It's all yeah, and and Cam, as Ben said there, it's continuing with that theme, isn't it? That we're getting rid of the deadwood. Uh, I think that's fair to say, and this is what we've wanted. This is well overdue, so we can't be surprised that that Cab is on the way out. Longest serving player. He's 32 now, he's not getting any younger and he's far down in that pecking order at, at centre-back now, isn't he? Yeah, uh, if you'd have told me at the end of last season that we will be getting rid of Cabaselli, I would not have believed you. But the way we've been with um, with departures lately, we've been quite proactive. I am not one bit surprised he's next off the, um, off the books. I think... Yeah, Udinese is probably the right move because I don't know who would really pay for him off us. Thing is with Cabot, he's he's been he's been at the club longer than I have, so <laughs> he's sort of he, I don't know. I don't really have any particular sort of affection towards him because he he's been pretty poor as long as I've been watching. Mm-hmm. However, he has had some good games. And I do secretly think he, you know, he's the right sort of profile for that Ishmael football. Obviously, I wouldn't have kept him around. I just think now we're we're a little bit short in that department. So let's get someone in. Absolutely. Um, And like you said, you know, unfortunately, I think this is where we've hung on to players for too long because they're, they're nice guys or, you know, similar ilk. Um, you know, you, you look at the work he does in the community. I mean, Paul's just made a comment here now. Um, he's biased with Cabba because he's the only one of the players at the club who cares about the fans, always involved in the community schemes and over to the fans at the end of the game. Ability is questionable, though. And I think we've been a bit uh, biased of... Well, not biased. Biased is the wrong word. I think we've been a bit guilty of keeping hold of players just because... They, they're nice guys. I know that might sound ridiculous, but now we're being more ruthless about it. Cabba does care about the club. He does 100%. And recently that's been hard to come by. But at the end of the day, just because he cares about the club, that's not going to improve his ability. And he has fallen down the pecking order. Can I see him getting time, uh, game time over in Italy? Probably not. Um, so it'd be interesting to, to see what happens now. I know he's always been keen on on coaching. I think when we spoke to him, Ben, had he said he was doing his coaching badges? Yeah, he was just doing his badges, and he um, part of his test was that he was um, coaching the under 18s mm. or something, so it helped him actually gain those badges for that first um, license. So yeah, he's um, 
I think that's the path he wants to get into, just like Tom Cleverley as well, when he was talking to WD18, <laughs> he was doing his badges at that point as well, and you can obviously see, see that Tom's gone into it. So I think it's just a gradual process now for Christian Cavaselli. He's obviously thinking about what he wants to do after football. He loves football and he, he wants to stay involved in it. So, yeah, fair play to him and wish him all the best for the future. Absolutely. Uh, yeah, I, I completely echo that. Uh, as much as he might get a bit of stick at the moment, Obviously, wish him nothing but, but you know, good times at Udinese. Providing he does go, we might be saying all this and he might stay. That would be fucking awkward, wouldn't it? <laughs> uh, especially if he, he, he come across his, his, his podcast. But, um, but no, you know, he, he has had some good games um, and, you know, he's he's been a, a good servant to the club. But now he's as well. I think last season probably would have been the time, to be honest. Um, and as, as Joe said there, like Paul said, he's got so much love for the club, the fans and the community aspect. Show him he's not being as great on the pitch. Good luck, Cabba. Um, the next man I've been worried about talking about this guy because I cannot for the life of me pronounce this guy's name. I'll give it a go. Georgie Chak Vadest. Now, no one here. No one here. I'm <laughs> going to call him Georgie. I'm not going to try and, and uh, pronounce his, his surname. Um, he's coming in from K.A. Genk um, over in Belgium, not to be confused, like I say, with the club that we got Cabaselli from. Um, the, he, there's no official announcement, but there has been screenshots of him on FaceTime with somebody from his home country. Said screenshot is on the screen now. Um, from his home country of Georgia in the Watford training kit. So it sounds like it's all ready to go. I'll be honest, when this news broke yesterday, uh, I thought they might announce it in time for him to play a part in the Crystal Palace friendly. And I thought they were going to do it on purpose for that reason. Turns out that wasn't the case. He's 23 years old. He's made 170 appearances, career appearances, all in all. He scored 16 goals. And get this right, he's assisted 40 times in 170 games. To me, that is incredible. Uh, and it sort of highlights probably what type of player we get in. He's been likened to the Georgia's uh, answer to Jack Grealish. Uh, we've all seen clips of him on in the Europa League on Twitter and everything. Ben, are, are you? I, I I must confess I can't say to knowing too much about this guy. And we're hoping to speak to somebody about him in the Lowdown series. Uh, keep your eyes peeled for that. But Ben, is this one that excites you? Yeah, well, I'm not going to claim to know of him, um, but prior to him signing for Watford, um, so obviously when the news was broke, everyone does their quick research and looks up videos and that. But he he looks like a player that could get bums off seats. So I probably put him in a cat category of a maybe a luxury player. Um, I think he's maybe like similar to like what QPR's got with Ilias Chair, where maybe he'll turn it on for big moments and create something out of nothing and, and assist and score some weldies. Um, so. Obviously, I'm excited whenever Watford make um, a sign-in, but to see that he's going to bring a bit of flair. Obviously, we've lost our flair in Jal Pedro, so hopefully he'll he'll fill that void. But the biggest concern for me is his injuries over the last couple of years. I think he's missed near enough two full seasons due to knee injuries. 
Um, so whether we, he can stay fully fit and, and play an entire season or if we could just kind of manage that and maybe give him a couple of games here and then a couple of games off and like try and manage it. Um, I think I think it's a rough diamond that we're trying to polish this, aren't we? We're trying to get a, a really good player out of this signing. Uh, I think it's a view to a permanent as well with mm-hmm. the fee believed to be quite low. So it, it, it ticks the boxes again. Um, we're looking for people who are hungry, who are um, they're not massively well-known, um, someone we can maybe get a lot of um, money back out of them. Um, like Paul Whittenbury says here, he could maybe be our new Alman Abdi. Um, we've not had a player like Alman Abdi for well since Alman Abdi. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I, I am excited by it. Um, I, I just hope that he can stay fit. I, I do think he's going to get fouled a lot because he obviously he he drives with the ball a lot. He he takes players on. He's, he he takes them on the half turn. He he can accelerate with his pace. He, he tends to play on the left-hand side and he, he's right-footed, so he always cuts in on the right, um, which will fit Ismail's system as well. He likes to play with inverted wingers, um, mm. so we'll see him cut inside as well. So I am excited by this sign, and I, I just hope that he, he stays fit. Yeah, and, and Cam, is this another gem that the Potsos have found? Yeah, I, I think so. I mean, I... Like Ben, I don't claim to know loads about him, but from what I've seen, he looks like a very, very talented technical attacking player, replacing all of the you know creativity we've lost from João Pedro and a little bit of what we lost in Saar. What I'm intrigued about is where are we going to play him because he's been known to be sort of a central midfield player. Hmm. Uh, from what I saw in that Palace game, I think we need a little bit more bite and a little bit more physicality in that midfield. Yeah. So could we see this lad put on the left wing? I I think that's probably the case. And another thing, I'd like to see more goals from him because his goal record it's it's less than impressive. He has had injuries, so you know I I reckon he's got the talent to add to that goal record and he could be a real asset to us. Well, you think his goal record is less than impressive. You wait till you hear about who we're going to speak about next. But um, yeah, it's interesting that you say about putting him on the left wing. Would you then maybe put Martins over on the right and that completely phases out Ken? Oh, well, the thing is what we've seen so far, uh, Ishmael seems to like a winger that can cut inside and Chuck Vitadze there's the pronunciation, I think. Uh, he he can cut inside. I believe he's right-footed. He's got the, you know, he, he can dribble. He can cut inside. Mm-hmm. Martin's played on the left. He's right-footed. He can do that. And I think that's a reason why Ken's been playing on the right. And I'll go on a little tangent about Ken. Mm-hmm. I don't think it suits him. I, I think we could see him sort of maybe put at left-back or maybe, you know, just as a backup option. He didn't suit that right-sided role, and I think that's why we'll see other options there. Yeah, and it wouldn't be the first time that we've seen Ken at, at full-back. I think he filled in there a couple of times in the lockdown season under Cisco and uh, under um, Ivic as well. Um, but, yeah, he hasn't quite been the same player since that season. So, hopefully... We both. Hmm. If, if we don't sign another left-back before the start of the season against QPR. Say we haven't got Jamal Lewis or Callum Styles, and the only fit left-back we've actually got is James Morris 
for me, I'd play Ken Semmer left back. What would you two do? I don't know because I thought James Morris had a good game on uh, Saturday and he has matured. I mean, look, he's he's still got a few rough edges. You know, we, we went to the game at Norwich, me and Cam did, and, you know, he was far from ideal that game and you could see that he's still got, you know, a fair bit to learn at this this sort of level. But the only way that you learn is by playing games and, you know, being chucked in at the deep end. So for me... Um, as as far from ideal as it would be, I'd, I'd quite be happy with James Morris starting as left back. What about you, Cam? Yeah, I'm not too. I'm not sold on James Morris just yet. I I think he's fine as a defender, but going forward, you know, he makes the wrong decision. He he hasn't quite got the final ball. I I think Ken is a better option, but what we have seen in preseason is Joao Ferreira at left back. Yes, they're doing that to give him minutes, obviously. But you know, could we see him there if we don't get anyone? I don't well, know. he's more of an attacking option going forward. Jao Ferreira is. I mean, he reminds me of many sort of uh, fullbacks slash wingbacks that you see that are great going forward, but pants defending. You know, Glenn Johnson springs to mind for me. I always thought going forward he was bloody brilliant, but when it comes to defending, he was awful. Uh, and unfortunately, when, when you're in that position, you sort of need to be able to do both just as well as each other. But Ferreira, we've seen already, you know, his goal was it against Rotherham. Yeah. Uh, he, he got forward and, you know, he's not afraid to shoot from distance. So I'm quite happy with that. Um, I mean, going back to the, the friendly now, um, two points I want to make is Ryan Andrews. We, we need to be playing him as much as we can. He He really does look the real deal. Uh, and I'm so glad that we, we've got an academy player come through. A lot of people seem to forget that James Morris, that song about him being one of our own, we signed him from Southampton. Um, but it's so nice to have someone come through the academy with links to the club as well. Uh, his dad obviously played for Watford. I didn't know as well that his dad played for Crystal Palace. So I had the Crystal Palace uh, stream on, on Saturday, and Matty Pollock's dad played for Crystal Palace. And so did Ryan Andrews' dad. So they were saying there was a bit of a connection there. But um, I thought he played superbly. Um, so I, I'd, I'd be more than happy for him him to, to play at right back this season. Um, ben, what, what, what about yourself? Um, yeah, I think I'll start Ryan Andrews. I, look, it's, it's, he ended the season so strongly and I think it was the only bright light that Watford fans could take away from the season. Um, we all love youngsters coming through our club. Um, he's came through from such a young age. I think we've all seen the photos of him maybe being like 10 or something in his Watford shirt. And the story of him dad playing for the club as well. Um, so, yeah, but... But putting that to the side, the boy's talented. The boy has shown that he can compete at this level. Albeit he's very inexperienced. Still, he conceded that penalty away at Hull City towards the end of the season as well. But you're going to make those mistakes and you're going to learn from them. Um, so I, I would start him for the first game of the season. I think he offers more defensively than um, Ferreira. Um, when you're talking about Ferreira, the player that he reminds me a lot of in the Watford show is... Yamna, great going forward, yes. horrendous defensively. Um, mm -hmm. So it reminds me a little bit like that. But in Gakia, it's never really worked at Watford. And if we're looking to offload players at the moment, in Gakia would probably be one of the next people on the list for me to get out um, because I'm that confident on Ryan Andrews' ability. And I, I think he deserves that starting spot at the start of the season. 
Yeah, yeah, I agree with Angaki. Uh, I, I think his time, he's unfortunately had his time, uh, albeit a very small window. He was superb in his debut season, but it's not quite worked out for him since, unfortunately. A uh, couple of flashes in the pan last season, that game against Birmingham, he was brilliant, should have scored from an absolute, you know, uh, massive distance, but not quite to be, unfortunately. And it's interesting as well, just going back to that friendly that you talk about, lacking that bite in the middle because Livermore made his official Watford debut um, since signing. Obviously, he played a few minutes against Arsenal. But to me, Cam, he's not that player that you're talking about, that bite in the middle. And um, I I remember we were on a counter-attack in the 90th minute and it was three on three. And Livermore just stopped in his tracks and... I assume he was waiting for another outlet, even though he had two in front of him. And he decided, I'll stop and let them regroup and then I'll pass it back. And we were going back again. He's not that player we need in the middle, is he? No, I'm okay with Livermore, you know, just to sit deep in front of the defence, protect the back four. As you know, I spoke with Louis, a West Brom fan. He he said he's perfectly fine at that. He, he just doesn't have the legs or the mobility. Uh, he can't carry the ball. He he couldn't be a number eight, I don't think. And that's fine. He He's back up as a DM. He's not meant to be the number eight. Mm-hmm. Just, yeah, don't let him lead the counter-attacks because that was, that was questionable. Very much so. Um, moving on to our last transfer target that we're going to talk about. Um, obviously... A striker from Aston Villa did so well with us last season, we thought, I know, we'll go to Aston Villa again for another striker and see if this one's any good. I am, of course, talking about Wesley. I'm not going to pronounce that surname because I'm going to butcher it. He's 26 years old. He's made 249 career appearances, scoring 58 goals and assisting 23 times. Now, you might be thinking, Wesley, do I know that name from somewhere? Do I recognise him? Um, he was the one that Bev Foster pulled off that absolutely superb save. Again, in the season we went down, um, he had a golden opportunity, headed it. It looked like it was going in and Foster somehow got down and made sure it didn't go in. Um, he's been riddled with injury, I think. Uh, <laughs> classic Watford transfer target. You know, we, we like to go after the ones that struggle with injuries. And uh, I believe he spent last season out on loan in Spain didn't do particularly too well. Um, I have obviously spoken to a few Aston Villa fans and a mixed bag is, a th- I think, what I'll call it. You know, A few have said he should absolutely rip it up in the Championship and a few have said we haven't really seen the best of him because of his injury because um, I think he was just breaking onto the scene and then he got injured. Uh, I've just checked it was Levante he was on loan at last season. Um, in the Spanish uh, second tier. Uh, they made the promotion playoffs, but lost to Alaves in the final. So he didn't come up to La Liga. He played 39 games last season in the Spanish second tier, scoring three and assisting three. So not great. He's also played for Club Bruges, like Emmanuel Dennis. So another link. Um, he's played for Aston Villa, Internazionale and Trensin. Um His best season was... In the 18-19 season for Club Bruges, which is what alerted Aston Villa to him, he scored 13 times in 38 games, scoring eight 
uh, and uh, assisting eight times. Cameron, what's your thoughts on this? Obviously, we know Ishmael likes to have a target, man. Should we be grateful that it, we, he's sort of looking down this route and we're not taking the easy way out and getting Andy Carroll in? What, what's your thoughts? Like, obviously, it, it is proper mixed bag when you speak to Villa fans. I'm definitely grateful we're not getting Andy Carroll. <laughs> I think Wesley is the right kind of profile we need. You know, he can he's a big man, he can drop deep, he can link play. He I think he'd suit that. I don't know how he is as, you know, out of possession. Is he gonna press? I don't know. He he's also, you know, struggled with injuries, like you say. Who hasn't that we've signed? Um yeah, I I think we could do better, but I do trust Ben Manga. He he he's got the record. He knows what he's doing. Uh, I'm just skeptical about every striker now because I did want Keenan Davis. Yeah, I remember you said that in the last podcast. Actually, no one brought you up on that, which was quite interesting. <laughs> um, ben, another striker from Aston Villa. It seems like we're a bit cursed when it comes to getting players because I think this one's uh, alone. So a bit cursed when it comes to loaning players from Aston Villa. Is this one that you could see? Is this one that you get behind? Or are you, again, in the same camp as Cameron and a little bit sceptical? One you're forgetting as well is Gabby Obomahal in the early 2000s as well. Uh, yeah. I don't think he scored a goal for Watford. He maybe played a handful of games. Um, so, yeah, that's another um, striker we've got on loan from Aston Villa that's never really hit the heights. I know he went on to have a good career, Gabby. Um, I think Villa's all-time top goal scorer, isn't he? Um, but, um, yeah, look, I think Wesley, he, he's, I think he might be able to maybe be quite more productive in the Championship than what he has done in the Premier League. It might be more his standard. Obviously, he's been very unlucky. The guy we was talking to in our WhatsApp group, Mike, um, um, Ben Cox, he was saying that he looked a handful, he looked good, and then he had a terrible leg break on the other end of a Ben Mee challenge. And he just never recovered from that, never looked the same player. And that's what's kind of maybe stopped his career a little bit. Um mm-hmm. If he if he can regain the kind of form that he hit at Club Bruges, because um, Villa paid twenty five million pounds for him, so he obviously they saw talent in him. Uh, if they can, if he can rediscover that form, I think he'll be a great asset for Watford. Um, he's obviously the the bigger guy up top that Ismail will want to lead his line. Um, so the jury's out for me. I just hope that he is that right addition. Um, and like we were saying just before we came on air. The, the, I was reading up on him a little bit and the mm. one thing that um, took me by surprise actually and it'll probably take you all by surprise is I was reading an article on him and within the first paragraph I found <laughs> out that he actually became a. They, they said that Wesley needed to grow up quite quickly at a young age and then they went on to it and said that he actually became a father at the age of 14 <laughs> so I tell you what, that, that, that does make you grow up quick. I, I, I um, became a father at the age of 32, and Jesus Christ, I had to grow up then. But at the age of 14, Jesus Christ, like, what was he doing when he was 13? <laughs> Let's hope he can deflect that sort of maturity onto the football pitch. But he's um, he's certainly been unlucky with injuries. I've just got his injury record here now. He had a knee injury, 112 days, missed 17 games in the 2021 20, season. And then he did his 
ACL. He was out for 366 days, missing 40 games for Aston Villa. Um, and then other ones are just head injury, meningitis and uh, ligament injury. So, you know, two big injuries there. Obviously, had a leg break as well. So, it, it does worry you a bit. But you'd like to think that in the Championship, you know, he, he might be more suited to it. He is a physical guy. And, you know, like every signing that we, we look to, to do, is um, we'll, we'll definitely look to get an Aston Villa podcast on, should that come to fruition and should it go through. Uh, I read somewhere tonight, you have to be so careful with like where you read things and you sort of, you you automatically take things with a pinch of salt when you read them when it's not an official account or someone that's trustworthy. I read that Wesley and Jamal Lewis and this Georgie have all been wrapped up and it's just literally waiting to announce them now. Uh, so whether that's true or not, we'll see in the next coming days. Um, hopefully it's another busy week for Watford in terms of announcing transfers, uh, whether that's incomings, outgoings. Obviously, we've talked about Ishmael Asar. We very much expect that to go through tomorrow, if not Tuesday. Um, and um, possibly some news of another pre-season friendly. I'd be very, very surprised if we're not playing on Saturday, even if it's a training ground friendly against bloody Gillingham. Like, I'd be so, so surprised. Um and just two other things I wanted to mention before we wrap up, because uh, I'm a bit anxious of uh, of how long we've been chatting tonight. Um, <laughs> I, I got a little bit of shit for, for posting this on Instagram earlier, but I couldn't give a shit, to be honest. <laughs> but um, João Pedro made his Brighton debut in the early hours of this morning. I think it was midnight they were playing Chelsea at the Lincoln Financial Ground in Philadelphia. They lost 4-3, but João Pedro came on, made his debut, scored from the spot and also assisted. So a goal and an assist from João Pedro for Brighton. And so many tweets about how good he was um, from Brighton Twitter. And there's been compilation videos put together of his best bits. And uh, boy, it's tough to watch him in in another shirt. And uh, I really hope it works out for him there and... They've got Luton on the first game of the season. So, Zhao, if you can do the honours, that'd be absolutely brilliant. Uh, and then another man... Mike, that's just quickly, um, you ruined Rob's morning earlier by putting it out. I think you've ruined his evening now. Uh, <laughs> on a Sunday as well. He's getting ready for work in the morning. You completely ruined that, mate. I know. Uh, I, it's safe to say I will not be receiving a Christmas card from WFC Rob, I think, so, bro. Uh, and I am gutted about it. Um, so, sorry, Rob for ruining your day. Uh, he was probably only just getting over it from this morning and now I've brought it back up. He must think I am a massive twat. Um, but another player that scored on his debut was Joseph Hongbo. He made his debut for FC Nuremberg. Uh, I don't know who they were playing, so I I, uh, I didn't do my research too well. I think it was Cam and Joe told me in the group chat that he scored. It was a beautiful goal as well. Um I thought about tweeting it, but I didn't want to upset too many people. I might, I, I might tweet it when we when we come off air. I don't know, um, but yeah, uh, congratulations to Joe Hungbo scoring on his debut as well. But uh, I think we'll leave it there. Thank you very, very much. Uh, we we get a, a count of how many people watch up here. We us guys can see it, and tonight's definitely been a record of how many people have watched along at, at, at one time. So thank you very much for listening to us tonight. 
it really is appreciated. Um, like I say, we might be back in the week with a lowdown. It depends on signings. Um, and we'll see what happens as well in terms of a next podcast. But uh, not long now till QPR first home game. Um, that will uh, come round before we know it. But thank you very much for tuning in tonight. Stay safe, everyone. Take care and come on, you horns. Sports Social Podcast Network.